When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to this week's excerpt from the Dear Prudence podcast. To get the full-length members-only version every week, join Slate Plus at slate.com slash prudipod. Dear Prudence. 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 Do you think that I should contact him again? Help. Help. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Welcome back to the Dear Prudence show once again. And as always, I am your host, Mallory Orberg, also known as Dear Prudence, with us in the studio today. Uh, I am very excited to have the roommate of a former guest, Eliel Cruz. Um, We're going to get to him in just a minute. But first, uh, I recently answered a question in the column that seemed so important to me that I thought I should also take to the podcast and send out a general reminder to my listeners. And that reminder is this. You probably shouldn't steal other people's pets. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to go so far as to say I will never give any of you permission to steal a pet because life is a rich tapestry and every once in a while something really bananas might come down the pike and you might be in a situation where stealing a pet is the only right choice in front of you. But I'm going to go ahead and say that nine times out of ten, it is not the right choice. Uh, I had a letter writer this week who wanted to know if they could steal their neighbor's cat because their neighbor lets their cat go outdoors. Um, that's it. Not that the cat was neglected or abandoned or fending for itself or didn't have a collar or a chip, just that it was an outdoor cat. Um, and they believe that all cats should be indoors. Um, and that's fine. Uh, there are good reasons to want to keep a cat indoors. There are good reasons to let a cat go outdoors. Uh, but something that's important to remember is that having an outdoor cat is not illegal. If you were to call up animal control and say, my neighbor lets their cat go outside, animal control would not say, we will drop everything and be right over and remove this cat from the home. Um, and therefore, it is not grounds uh, for stealing. If you want a cat that you would like to keep indoors, you can go to an animal shelter and say, please give me a cat. I would like to keep it inside. And they will be more than happy to accommodate you. Um, but uh, in the absence of that, uh, you do not have my permission to steal other people's cats willy-nilly just so you can put them in your living room. So on that note, I'd like to welcome our guest, Eliel Cruz, who is an LGBT activist focusing on bisexuality and faith. Uh, Eliel, welcome. Do you have any opinions about cat stealing? Um, you know what? I wouldn't personally steal cats because I'm deathly allergic to them. Um, but mm-hmm. I sometimes forget that when I go over a friend's houses because I don't see cats very often and then I'll pet them and then my eyes will break out and all this awful stuff. But um, b- before, I, before I forget that I'm allergic, I would steal them until afterwards and then, yeah, but no. <laughs> I am so sorry to hear that. I, I keep my home stocked with like four different kinds of allergy medicine because I have a cat and many of my friends are allergic and I will often like meet them at the doorway and like prophylactically shove an allergy pill at them. Yeah, it's um, a miserable experience, unfortunately, but they're so pretty and so cute. I wish <laughs> I wish I wasn't yes. allergic, but that's the cards I've been dealt. Well, 
Speaking of the cards that you've been dealt, we have been dealt a beautiful array of letters this week. Do you like that segue? I thought it was clunky. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was good. No, it was good. We're gonna work with it. We're gonna roll. It's gonna but happen. I pulled it off with confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, our first letter, we are just diving right in because mm-hmm. this one is a lot. Um, it's got some of the things that come up a lot in this letter or in, in this column, which is uh, somebody interrupting somebody else's sleep, which if you've ever listened to an episode of the show, you know how I feel about that. Um, and I'm really excited for us to tackle this one. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read this first letter for us. The subject of this is son in bed, sweet or creepy. Here we go. Dear Prudence. For the past two years, my husband has been sleeping in our seven-year-old son's bedroom because I can't stand his snoring, and he becomes violent and abusive if I have to wake him up to roll over. I'm the breadwinner in the family, and my husband refuses to see his doctor about his snoring, so if someone needs good sleep, shouldn't it be me? Over the last few months, our son got sick a couple of times and asked to sleep with me, and I let him. Now he's starting the night in his bed, but moving to my bed in the middle of the night. I suspect part of this is that he's not sleeping and he's being woken up by his father snoring, but another part of it is also just wanting to snuggle with mommy. I say it's sweet, and I'll take my little boy snuggles as long as I can because I don't think this phase will last long, even if my husband stops snoring tonight. My husband says it's weird and creepy and implies there's something sexual to it. What say you, dear Prudence? For what it's worth, we did co-sleep with both of our kids when they were babies, but they've both been in their own beds for years, except sometimes when they get sick. Well, this is escalated. This is a lot. This is like an Easter egg for red flags for me. There's um, there's so much going on here that I don't know where to start. Yeah. I, I, I think I have an idea of where to start, which is like, uh, it's a pretty big deal to imply to your partner, I think there's something sexual about the way you sleep with our kid. Um, yeah. I, I, and certainly, I, I like... I, I, I've never heard the word little boy snuggles before. It didn't make me comfortable. I hope I don't hear it again. Um, but I, I, I do not believe that this parent no. is sexually interested in their child. I don't believe that this is in any way like sexually manipulative behavior. I, I think that's a really inappropriate charge for the husband to be levying at the letter writer. Well, absolutely. I mean, this is mommy talk, right? I mean, I, I mean, I don't have kids, but I know that I have, you know, mothers and aunts and, and grandmothers who would say uh, little boy snuggles um, to, you know, myself when I was young and my cousins and things. But this, you know, the kid is, was it two years I've been sleeping in, in his room? That's five to seven years old. That's a child still. Mm-hmm. And that... That's a really weird thing for the husband to sexualize um, the, the you know the boy coming to uh, the mother's bed, which is um, in order to to uh, get better sleep, perhaps, or or when they're feeling sick and they want some mommy time. I don't think that's bad, um, and and it's really weird right. to do. But I specifically think it's really weird that we kind of like roll over that when she says that he, when he, she uh, when she woke him up because of his snoring that he became violent and abusive. Like that. Right, because that suggests more than just like, oh, I'm awake all of a sudden and I kind of like lash out for a second. That suggests he's like, yeah, like that, flipping out that was ongoing. A, that was a red flag for me. I was just like, what, 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 ex- what extent is he becoming violent and abusive for being woken up um, in bed? Because that's kind of uh, nerve wracking uh, for me. But I mean, I know I, I used to snore so much and then I got my tonsils removed because they were so large. They were blocking my thing and now uh, by blocking my airway and I could Oof. sleep good. So I think, I mean. And, and the fact that he's refusing to see a doctor to even try to remedy the situation, um, he's right. he's yeah he's the start of this, the 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 issue and he's uh, not trying to meet anyone halfway. Um, I don't know. This is right because his solution is not even like I'm going to go sleep on the couch. It's literally just we'll all go snore in our kids' room so they can't sleep, and they're not like big enough to push me and roll me over so no one can. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's. 
he's causing the problem and doing pretty much nothing to address it, which is um, not okay. Like, clearly it's bothering the child. The child's leaving his bed in the middle of the night because he can't sleep when his dad snores either. Um, And this guy needs to, like... Get his ass to a doctor. Yeah, definitely. And he, or at the very least, sleep on the damn couch. Yeah, and I mean, even for himself too. I'm, I'm most people who are snoring are dealing with sleep apnea or some type of um, uh, medical condition that keeps them from getting good sleep. And perhaps that's why he gets really aggressive when he gets woken up because he wants his sleep. Um, so even right. going to the doctor. Yeah, is, hopefully well, this is not behavior that shows up during the day as well. Yeah, that's that's kind of what. The, yeah, that was a red flag for me. The, that language was a little worrisome. But um, yeah, I mean, for himself, for his kids, for his wife, um, go to the doctor. You know, get get help that you need to to try to find some remedies to uh, stop your snoring. Don't sexualize your little boy. <laughs> um, right. And yeah, try, let, let's let the entire family sleep and relax. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So letter writer, definitely. Hold your ground. Um, you are not doing anything that's sexually inappropriate. And it's actually really okay for you to say to your husband, like, you need to take that off the table. Um, like, that's clearly not what's going on here. Um, and, like, that you're saying that suggests that, like, you don't trust me. And it's a very cruel thing to say when there's nothing to suggest that that's actually what's going on. Um, and to say, like, you need to go to the doctor. At the very least, if you're not going to go to the doctor, it's clearly not working for you to go sleep in our kid's room anymore because you're waking him up every night. Um, so you need to go sleep in a part of the house where nobody can hear you. Um, or a better solution to that is go see a damn doctor. <laughs> like there's stuff, you know, snoring yeah. is not incurable. Mm-hmm. There's stuff that we can do for it. And I, it's just amazing to me that this is a person who would rather like wake up everybody else in the house and cause a lot of like so sleep drama no, yeah, it's so and lob accusations of like sexual predation at their yeah. spouse rather than just go to a doctor and get a CPAP machine yeah. or something. Um, yeah, this I, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of this husband. Uh, I'm not thrilled about it. And I can understand why this letter writer is spending more time like being with her kids than she is with her partner, because he sounds like a sleep deprived jerk. Yeah, he's grumpy. He needs some sleep. And so does the rest of the family. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, in the In the meantime, do we have any suggestions for like. Do you think that the letter writer needs to stop letting the kid come in the bedroom other than just saying to the husband, like, you can't go sleep in his room anymore? Like, should there be any new rules or is it just he needs to not worry about it? I, no, I mean, like, no, the, I mean, to deprive the kid from that kind of like solace and like security of being with his mother when he's sick or maybe he's afraid or mm-hmm. or he just wants some good sleep. <laughs> I think, yeah. you know, kind of gives the kid the, the you know, the bad end of the stick. Um, this is definitely something the letter writer should should engage her husband directly in whatever space she feels comfortable enough to. Um, and hopefully during the day um, after he's gotten some sleep <laughs> as well as she's gotten some sleep and just try to find. Um, you know, a remedy. Relationships are all about uh, a compromise um, and trying to find ways that we can um, work together to 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 be okay with with uh, the things that life throws our way. So this, yeah. so do so they have um, snoring issues? Let's find some different remedies that many other couples have have found um, in order to uh, move on. <laughs> right on. Well, uh, will you, on that note, please take us away and read the next letter? Absolutely. So the subject is, my friend scammed me for years, and now everyone thinks I'm a jerk for calling her out. Dear Prudence, two years ago, I found myself in desperate need of an apartment in a city I couldn't afford. Luckily, a good friend who lived there offered me her spare bedroom. We agreed to buy our own food and split rent and bills 50-50. But as it had already been her apartment, I wasn't to change anything outside my bedroom, which I didn't mind. I recently let the landlord in for an emergency while she was away and learned that we are not, in fact, splitting the rent. 
I pay her $1,000 in cash on top of half of the utilities, and she writes a $1,200 check for their landlord. When I confronted her, she told me she could charge whatever she wants for her room in her apartment and reminded me I wasn't on the lease and threatened to kick me out. I packed my things over the weekend and left to leave to live somewhere else. My former friend is living and has threatened to sue me because it turns out she can't afford rent now. She bought a new car and opened a credit card after I moved in. She can't actually sue me, but she has been rallying our friends around her, many of whom she feels was right, or even if she was wrong, that I'm somehow worse for abandoning my responsibilities. I, however, think my friend paid $200 for rent and lived large for two years under the guise of doing me a favor, which she reminded me of quite quite frequently. Am I the asshole here? Do you think the letter writer is the <laughs> asshole here? Absolutely not. First of all, I want to know what city she's living in that she only pays $1,200 for a two-bedroom apartment because I'm living in the wrong city. Um, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> clearly. But um, I, I, would, I would be so livid. I mean, mixing, you know, mixing money with friends is not a good thing. I am so lucky to have an amazing roommate that I love to death and who's also a writer and an activist and we get along so well. Um, But that's not always the case as you see with this letter writer and I have a lot of other friends living in New York City who have been in so many similar situations um, where either they've been the one to extend a lot of, uh, you know, help and grace in opening their apartment that they have their name on the lease of or they've been on the receiving end and then been ripped off like this letter writer has been. Um, but I would be super upset if I'm paying way more than over a 50. That was the agreement that we had upon, even if it wasn't a written legal document. But we had both as, you know, as co- as common people, as 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 basic strangers would hopefully agree with um, with what we have already uh, established, what would be our agreement. But they're friends as well. And for her friend to use her to really live really, really cheap and be able to spend money um, you know, opening a credit card, getting uh, getting a, a car, and all these other things. Um, it's so that's um, kind of you know douchey. I, I would be so angry. I, I don't think she's an asshole. No, and it was so unnecessary. Like I was reading this, and I was like, this is full on like Ananias and Sapphira status, <laughs> uh, which is a New Testament deep cut uh, for all of you <laughs> listeners out there. Yeah. But like, you know, some people, you know, look both to, uh, you know fill a room and also turn a profit and it would have been one thing if her friend had said the amount i am charging for this room is a thousand dollars um but the friend didn't say that the friend said you and i will split the rent 50 50 yeah um she lied and that's a lie and then it's a total unnecessary lie um you know it was also clear like it's never a great situation to be living somewhere without a lease and to be paying like under the table um but you know sometimes people are in situations where that's all they can Mm -hmm. swing so i understand that the letter writer was like in a really difficult situation but um yeah your friend lied your friend lied totally unnecessarily your friend was also apparently in the habit of saying things like you're so lucky i let you live Mm -hmm. here um all the while you know uh paying like way 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 less than you were paying um and and keeping that from you yeah your friend did a, a jerk thing um you are right that she cannot sue you um if a part of you is at all afraid that she will try to bring some form of like frivolous legal action against you i would definitely recommend like calling your local tenants rights board and just finding out like 
what you need to protect yourself. Again, not that I think she's got anything to come after you with, but just to have like a boilerplate response or, um, you know, just some additional information so you know the like legal reasons that she cannot sue you. And she was there um, for two years as well. It wasn't that she yeah. was there for just a couple months. Two years of paying way over um, the amount of... That's $24,000. Yeah. Like. Oh, look yeah. at you do math like that. I don't do algebra like that. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'm sure I missed something. I was just thinking 24 months, a thousand oh, bucks a month. Oh, like. oh wow. Yeah. See, no, I left that in high school. But um and not only okay, so not only did she lie when she was confronted about it and said, Hey and, and was told, Hey, you're lying and this isn't cool. Um and and I, I'm assuming that she left because they weren't able, you know, she when she said, Oh yeah, she said she couldn't, she could charge whatever she wanted for the room. So um she left. And now she's like trying to turn all her friends against her. Now that's and th- yeah. th- that speaks so much to her character, both to to lie to a quote unquote friend, and then she tried to turn uh, all these people against her. You know, I I mean, living in a big city, I know it's super hard to have a good group of friends, um, mm-hmm. and so and that kind of drama can kind of create a lot of stress in your life, especially when she is. You know, she moved out. Who knows if she has a a stable place yet? Her friends are kind of, you know, uh, ditching her or or throwing her a lot of shade for, for, you know, leaving the the other person. I don't know. This person doesn't seem to be a good, like, doesn't have good ethics. (laughs) She has not made kind or friendly choices. And it's kind of amazing that she's trying to hit the letter writer from both angles, right? Which is the first one is like, oh, I've been doing you a favor. And then once you move out, oh, you're abandoning your responsibilities Mm -hmm. to me. Well, which one is it? Like, are you doing her a favor or is she doing you a favor? Like, you cannot have it both ways. Um, And just again, like, you confronted her about the fact that she lied. And her response was, well, you weren't on the lease and I'm going to kick you out, which is actually not addressing the fact that she lied at all. Um, and I'm really sorry that a lot of your friends are are taking her side. Um, you know, I hope that you can, at the very least, clarify to them, like, here's the situation. Um, it's it's not that I don't think she has, like, a legal right to charge, uh, you know, market rate for a room in her apartment. What I object to is the fact that for two years she told me we we're splitting everything 50-50. Um, and then I found out that she lied. And then when I tried to talk to her about it, she said she was going to kick me out of the house. I can't live with someone like that. Um, she took advantage of me. It was painful. And I need to find someplace else to live. Um, and you have not like destroyed her. She can find another roommate if she has to. Um, you are not responsible for the fact that she hasn't been managing her money well. And if people try to make it sound like you put her in a really bad situation, um, don't let them put that on you. That's bullshit. It's, I mean, especially when the letter writer has to take care of herself, right? Um, I want my home to be my sanctuary. <laughs> I want to feel safe. I want my roommates, uh, whoever I'm living with, to be people that I get along with. Um, well enough that I can, you know, you know, come home and feel comfortable in my home at all times. This is no longer a comfortable place to live. Um, you know, it, it she she has wrote the, the the lies have marred their relationship. Um, her threatening to kick her out can be really stressful if when you have when if you're kicked out when you don't have a le- uh, uh, your name on the lease and you have to find somewhere last minute. That's also could cost a lot of money, um, especially if you're living in a big city. Um, I, yeah, I I don't I wouldn't feel bad. I would prioritize her um, herself and her needs. Um, and get to a place where she can um, live and feel comfortable and safe. For sure. All right. This next one, I almost answered in the live chat the other day. And then I thought I was really going to look forward to sort of taking the time to really just like sit with it and, you know, unpack that suitcase and go through all the stuff that's in it. I'm excited. Um, this one's really something. It's it amazing. Like this letter writer feels incredibly strongly. Mm-hmm. Um but in in a way that they they would like to sound more casual than they are, and I always find that type of letter really fascinating. Yeah. Um, 
anything where it feels like the underlying message is, it's the principle of the thing. It is not the principle of the thing. It's never been the principle of the thing. Nothing in the history of time has ever been about the principle of the thing. It's always about the thing. Um, So with that uh, initial prelude, the subject line of this is not using they as a gender neutral pronoun. Dear Prudence, I am not transphobic, but I am phobic about using a noun that does not match the verb. In other words, I am not going to refer to an individual as they. In fact, I am probably going to winch when someone else does it, which means that there are many trans folk and or their partners with whom I am not going to be able to hang out for fear of seeming disrespectful. While I don't think this is a crushing blow to anyone, I know from speaking to others that I'm not the only one with this issue. Using a verb that doesn't match the noun makes us feel as if we are coming off not as accepting, but ignorant. Our language is imperfect. We are well known for inventing words to meet the circumstances. I wish you would use your platform to reach out to trans folk who might be interested in advancing a third gender-neutral pronoun. And then, since you write about trans issues quite a bit, I wish you would then model that pronoun for us. I realize that it is not my place to choose what someone else wants to be called, but I also realize that if there is not an option with which I and so many others who wish to be allies are comfortable, then we will just avoid awkward situations. Well, uh, I I, I, want to throw one thing out there, which is just this beautiful immediate disavowal Mm -hmm. of the request that has been made, which is, I wish you would invent and model a pronoun that other people would use. Mm -hmm. Uh, I realize I shouldn't ask that, and I can't ask anyone else to do that because of me, but that's my request. Which is sort of beautiful. Like, I don't believe I have the right to ask for the thing I'm asking for. Just wanted to say that. I'm looking for the question in this. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, there's a lot. There's a, there's a. This is how I am. This is who, who I'm going to be, regardless of what you or may not say to me. But I want you to do this so that people can be on my same page as me. Because um, I, I don't even know if this person's looking for advice. It's, it's. Um, they seem clearly set in where um, they want to be. So there's a couple of things about this letter that are really amazing to me, one of which is incredibly petty, and I'm just going to throw that out there right now, um, which is, and I I left this in the letter, Uh, they said, I am probably going to winch when someone else does it. Um, What the letter writer meant to write was, I'm probably going to wince. A winch (laughs) is a a, a spool that you can use to tighten or loosen lengths of rope. Um, And I don't believe they meant I'm going to turn into a spool that tightens and lengthens, uh, you know, amounts of rope. Um, So, you know, and again, this kind of like this 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 amazing sense of I know language is imperfect and we invent words to meet the circumstances, but this imperfect, somewhat invented word, I don't like it. Um, and I believe that it sounds ignorant and not accepting. And therefore, I need another one, um, which is, again, just this really amazing sort of um, set of contradictions. Um, it's also worth mentioning there are gender-neutral pronouns um, that many trans people have advanced uh, and and discussed for the last 30 years at least. Um, uh, There's G, which is, you know, there are alternate pronunciations, but like Z-I-E, X-I-E, many gender-neutral, gender-queer, gender-fluid people uh, use those pronouns. And if you were to Google singular gender-neutral pronoun, um, you would learn about a pretty rich history of of said pronouns. So the thing you are asking for already exists. I'm I'm also, you know, 
English isn't my first language, although English quickly took over、um, growing up in in the states after being born in Puerto Rico. And as someone who you know had to learn English、um, at a young age, English doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like if you if you are like at least compared to you know to to Spanish, it it it, it could be really、um, difficult to understand、uh, why certain words are pronounced certain ways and some aren't and. Um, it it doesn't always make. It, I, I feel like the letter writer is coming into this as if English.、Um, I know they say language is imperfect, but that they're so set in、um, that for this aspect of it, it's not imperfect and it needs to stay the way it is, or at least how they think that it's been. I mean, they has been used as a plural pronoun to refer to individuals who we don't know the gender of. You know. For hundreds of years,、um, and they has been used as a singular pronoun.、Um, you know, we have evidence of that at, at least back to the 1950s. This is not、oh, way a, way further. It shows up in Shakespeare. It shows up、yeah. in Dickens. It shows up in Shaw and Austen. I mean, there is a long history of the singular they. Which you've, if, if you've ever been like at a library and the librarian makes an announcement like, "Did somebody leave their book here?"、Um, you've heard someone use the singular they. Well, absolutely. I think, but I I feel that the letter writer is going to quickly、um, try to clap back with, "Well, they, that's because we're not we're not you know we didn't know the gender of the person, so that's why that's when it's acceptable. So we're not sure of the gender."、Um, But I, that's not too much of a far reach to then say, well, we do know the gender of this person; they're non-binary, <laughs> and and they and they fits that gender. So we can continue to use that as a singular pronoun as well um, um,、uh, when we when we find、um, their、uh, gender. It's, but but I'm also like really concerned about this quote unquote allyship that's happening here.、Um, they really believe that they're an ally, and it's so funny that I continue, you know, referring to them as they because I don't know their、um, their gender,、right? the letter writer gender. Wait, no, that's kind of what's beautiful is this letter writer has given us no clues, like,、uh, and we are using a singular they. It sounds like kind of part of what you were talking about is is they are positioning themselves as oh, as, I wish to be an ally. Like the, as, I would be. Ex- Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but as the ally, so like especially right here, they're like saying I'm not transphobic, but <laughs> that makes me really、uh, right away. You're like,、uh, I don't know. That but kind of negates a little bit、um, uh, of what you're gonna say, or、um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want I don't want、uh, people to、uh, you know, it's not my place to 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 choose what someone else wants to be called. But and it's like, well, you you kind of do think that you you should be、um, you know deciding what people are or, or people don't call themselves.、Um, you know, language is super important. In in identifying ourselves and naming ourselves, it's one of the most powerful things that people and marginalized communities can do. Is to when we've been、um, uh, disenfranchised and invisible, to be able to use the language that we have, albeit however imperfect, to say this is who I am, this is my experience. Let me share that with you.、Um, and、right. I, and and it's so it's so frustrating to see that this letter writer is kind of dismissing that kind of、uh, the kind of it's it's a very beautiful and kind of、um, you know.、Uh, A sacred thing for to, for them to have non-binary trans friends to come out in this climate, <laughs> or you know, the, even the last five years when the the dominant trans conversation has been incredibly binary,、um, that they're more upset about their ideas or views on grammar than in honoring their this person's identity and and journey. 
um, right. their their priorities are completely messed up. <laughs> I, I think part of what's fascinating too is exactly what you were saying is this idea that the letter writer positions themselves as a person who wishes to be an ally, but is prevented by doing so, not out of any sort of inherent transphobia, but because they are so profoundly committed to precise language, um, even though they acknowledge that our language is imperfect, that they are prevented from supporting people who are merely asking for the wrong pronoun. And if they would ask for a different pronoun, if they would invent a new pronoun, then the letter writer would be thrilled to oblige and be go, bo- going to like a lot of genderqueer brunches. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and it's kind of amazing. This is hypothetical, right? It's it, There's this... There's this sentence that's like, there's probably a lot of trans people I'm just not going to be able to hang out with now. Mm -hmm. Um, There's Mm -hmm. no one in their life who's doing this right now, but they're already imagining and making that choice. Obviously, um, I would choose never saying the singular they over spending time with this person. It would be impossible for us to communicate. It would be impossible for me to demonstrate respect to them. We would not be able to connect, which is a pretty big estrangement. And this, you know, this really speaks to their cis privilege. And I, I really want to find out what their feelings are about cis. Um, <laughs> but, um, that, you know, really speaks to the cis privilege that they're saying, um, I'm only going to allow you to speak your truth and be your whole selves in the parameters that I'm defining for you. If you use the language that I'm comfortable with, that I'm most comfortable with, if you use the um, when I, you know, when I want to, how I want to. Um, set set that those boundaries and have that and for ha- for them to have a non-binary trans person have to kind of go through you know do the right dance for them to be heard um, really speaks to their privilege and they need they need to be able to as an ally um, or as a supposed ally sit back in their you know discomfort um, allow people um, allow people of, of, of any minority group but in this case non-binary trans people to really lead the way and if you you know, if you may not get it right away, I know I didn't get it right away, and I still don't get it all the way. Um, but to sit in your discomfort and you know listen and learn to that experience um, and ask questions and try to, and, and, mm. and try to push yourself, um, I think is the best thing this letter writer can do. Instead of you know drawing this line in the sand and deciding from the get go that their precious messy English language is more important um, than the lives and experiences of our non-binary siblings. Yeah. And and I would just just to kind of close on this, like just for what is my advice to this letter writer? Um, you know, no, I, I am not going to create a, a new pronoun and, and, and tell other people to use it about themselves. And I think it's kind of fascinating that there appears to be this sense on the letter writer's part. Um, I imagine they Perceives, perceive me as cis, um, and that may be a part of um, uh, what's going on here, but they perceive me as some sort of person with a platform and some sort of uh, linguistic authority um, who would somehow be a better judge of what other people should want to be called than they themselves would be. Um, I'm not. I'm not the best judge of what another person wants to be called. They are. Mm. Um, and and I would encourage this letter writer um, who it seems like perhaps on some level would like to know more, would like to think about this differently if they could, if they could see their way to doing so. Um, do a little research. I promise you trans people, gender fluid, gender queer people have done a lot more thinking about language and pronouns than the majority of cis people. Um, so if you were even to simply Google something like the history of gender neutral pronouns um, or take a look at like Julia Serrano's Whipping Girl, mm-hmm. um, you know, read something by a trans or a non-binary person um, and find out the history of alternative uh, pronouns. Do a little research on the history of the singular they. Uh, NPR uh, did a piece about it, I 
think last year, I think the American Dialect Society nominated the singular they as the word of the year of 2015. Um, mm-hmm. Learn about the history. Learn about the ways in which it's used. Uh, I, I, I believe in that article they were talking about, you know, Mary Norris wrote this big uh, sort of grammar book about being the New Yorker copy editor um, uh, where she said that the use of the singular they is just wrong. Uh, and then the NPR article points out that a few pages earlier, she had written, nobody wanted to think they were not essential, which is kind of lovely. Just this sense of even when we're trying very hard not to use a singular they, um, we clearly have a history of using it. Um, so, yeah, uh, check check out the history. You will find a lot of really interesting thoughts. It sounds like because this is hypothetical, there are perhaps not a lot of, uh, you know, uh, out trans and non-binary people in this letter writer's life. Um, and I encourage you to... Do a little more reading. Um, find out a little more about how other people have thought about pronouns and and, and ways in which we can refer to ourselves and, and and ways in which we wish others to refer to us. Um, but uh, you know, no, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to produce a, a new pronoun for you that other people should be should be asked to use. That's pretty much not how language works, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like trying to make fetch happen. It's it's not going <laughs> to happen. Not going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, on a totally different note. This next one is really something. Um, the subject line is, my girlfriend is jealous of my masseuse. So I'm just going to go ahead and dive in. Dear Prudence, I have serious back issues and bad insurance coverage right now. I work in a warehouse and I do a lot of manual labor. A friend of mine was formerly trained as a masseuse, but works in a different field now. Recently, she offered to work on my back. And after one session, I wasn't in any pain. My girlfriend freaked out and wants me to stop. She acknowledged that there is nothing but friendship between me and this friend, that I love my girlfriend and would never cheat on her. Quote, unquote, all the rubbing makes her uncomfortable. My friend offered to teach my girlfriend how to massage me, and she declined. My friend offered to do the sessions with my girlfriend in the room, and my girlfriend lasted only halfway through before walking out and crying. My friend left, and I had to comfort my girlfriend. My friend feels insulted, and I feel overwhelmed. My girlfriend is putting her needless anxiety over my physical well-being. I can't afford $100 a week on massages, not unless I give up eating. We keep talking around each other in circles. Is there any way I can reassure my girlfriend? My friend told me that she was willing to keep doing sessions if I dealt with my girlfriend, but didn't like being, quote-unquote, all but called a whore, and will only come over now if there is a group of friends present. I am completely stuck. Can you help me? I want to be friends like masseuses who are willing to mis- massage me for free. I have stress to, to right? deal with. Like, where where are these people <laughs> in this my life? This is an incredibly <laughs> generous friend. We're seeing a lot of, uh, well, yeah. It's, I mean, it, for them for them to say, what, once a week, a massage for free? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, that's a lot of money and that's a lot of, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. This is, this is the poor, I mean, I feel for the girlfriend just because I understand being in places of insecurity and in relationships. Um, sure. And I know that at times we can, in the moment and in in that space, we may be oblivious to um, how insecure we are and, and in our relationship. And so hearing um, anything contrary to what you believe can be also, um, you know, rejected. Um, but um, I also understand what it's like to have a lot of packages. I was a, gym- I was a gym- gymnast most of my life. And I did a lot of massages, and they were extremely um, helpful for me in being able to train and be able to um, to continue to work on my body. Um, I did not know you were a gymnast. I was a gymnast. Is, I should have had more like <laughs> physical therapy themed questions. I was I was a gymnast for um, from second grade all the way to college. I did acro gymnastics. Oh, I did wow. NBA halftime shows and all this <gasps> crazy stuff. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Wait, okay, drop all the questions. The- <laughs> we are only talking about your. 
entire gymnastics <laughs> career until the you end know, of the show. I have to send you a picture. I had, you know, I used to be able to like do my splits and like hold yes, a handstand for like two minutes. Yes, you do. You have to send me a, a lot of pictures. <laughs> yeah. I can't even touch I my toes. No, well, I, you know, it's so, now either can I, well, I can touch my toes, but like I, it, it's so weird that two years, you know, as I was, uh, I finished my gymnastics and undergrad about two and a half years ago uh, or through two or three years ago. And now it's mm-hmm. like I went from having a splits and being, super flexible and all this stuff too just not <laughs> it quickly oh. leaves you but um wow. yeah so like i can appreciate getting free massages like that's so great my team had a, had a masseuse on staff luckily but um it's you know having um not have a, mas- a masseuse on staff for me anymore it's they're expensive um yeah it, it depends on the city you, you know they can go up to 120 140 with tips and that's like not even like a um you know a super super nice massage it's just a regular right. massage so I mean, this is. I just want you to know right now. I'm actually googling Elio Cruz gymnastics. Wait. Like, I'm pretending to listen, but I'm 100 percent looking at pictures of you. Yeah. Well, this is this is this is great. This well, is... um, yeah, I did. I used to. I mean, I used to walk around on my hands when I was like in second grade in the grocery store. My mom would have to like hit my my feet down, and she'd be like, "Stop it! We're in public." Um. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I was a little um, a monkey acrobat, which was um, okay. So far, I'm not seeing any pictures of you doing gymnastics. Okay. Just a lot of pictures of you like wearing a leather jacket and staring <laughs> off into the middle distance, which are don't get me wrong, amazing. Okay, but well, I want the I'll gymnastics to, I'll, pictures. I'll, I'll, I'll send you some of the gymnastics pictures so you can see it. I, I, it's a com- kind of a completely different life now for me. It's weird to see even just a few I'm, years ago. <laughs> I cannot wait. Um, but yeah, so I, I can certainly appreciate the girlfriend's position if if there was a different angle on this story, right? If this was just like this guy you were dating who had a weirdly close friend and all of a sudden she'd started giving him massages and he could kind of afford to get a professional one or there wasn't a really pressing health issue. Sure, I can understand feeling like this is weird and makes me uncomfortable. Um, but it, it, it seems like, and I mean, all we have is the letter writer's word, but like, he's not saying like, this is someone I used to date or someone I flirt with, um, or I think she has feelings for me and she's trying to massage me to get somewhere. It sounds like he's in genuine physical pain a lot of the time, uh, does not have enough money or insurance coverage to go see a professional and has a really kind friend who's willing to help him out and has kind of bent over backwards, um, to make sure the girlfriend can see this is not sexual. This is not flirtatious. This um, is work. Helping a friend. Um, and, and that God, I cannot imagine being any of the three people in that room of like the sad (laughs) jealousy massage. That sounds like a nightmare (laughs) for everyone involved. It does. I don't, I I wouldn't have even agreed to it. Um, that, that sounds really, yeah, I don't know what she was going to do for an hour inside the room because she can't be like on her phone, like ruining the ambiance or something. I wouldn't even want to watch someone I was dating get a massage like for fun, yeah. much less like for <laughs> insecurity and jealousy reasons. Yeah. Like I'd be like, OK, I'm going to get on my phone now. This is boring. And I think that I mean, it, I think it does speak a lot about the girlfriend that she um, wasn't even willing, uh, she wasn't willing to be taught, um, which. Which is fine. Like I'm not yeah. a masseuse. But, like, the bit about, like, quote-unquote, all the rubbing makes her uncomfortable, well, that's what a massage is. So, like, literally the concept of a massage is what bothers you. I wonder if she's given any—I wonder if she's given any um, uh, suggestions on what he can do. Because I feel like the the boyfriend's saying, okay, so you want to sit in the room with me? Um, Can she teach you? Um, yep. You know, like there's di- different things he's thrown out there. I wonder what she's done. Right, she's anything. not throwing out any alternatives. Yeah, um, was she willing to pay for some of his massages if she goes to a different place? You know, um, 
what is what what are things that he uh, that she could be doing to kind of try to meet him halfway? Um, right. You know, back pain and and physical pain can be um, super uh, you know paralyzing and um, and really mess up with your quality of life. Um, yeah, and in uh, mess up your sleep, uh, give you migraines. Like, there's a lot of stuff that can come from it. If you're doing uh, manual labor, he also needs to learn how to lift correctly. Sorry, I just thought about that as a gymnast. <laughs> if he's hurting his, if he's hurting his back too much, that much, um, yeah, he should he should learn how to how to lift things correctly. Um, and not well, just, and I always yeah. I always wonder with stuff like this, like if he's working in something like an Amazon warehouse where there's often like an incredibly intense like top down pressure of like mm-hmm. you need to Go quickly and... move so much inventory, no matter how correctly you're lifting. If you're like working way harder and faster than you need to, because otherwise you'll lose your job. Like you're going to get injured no yeah. matter what, and that's a tough position to be in. That but is, yes, if if some yeah. of this is coming from incorrect. You know, maybe, maybe, especially with the bad insurance, I'm like, I don't think this is like a person with a union job where yeah. there's like a lot of protections for laborers, unfortunately. But, you know, um, not, that, not, that, not that the boyfriend hasn't done enough already as is, right. but perhaps, but perhaps, um, you know, learning how to do um, some stretches and how to uh, lift things um, in ways that won't um, extend his back um, or um, his lower back. Um, would be kind of be helpful because I, I think you actually well I know you actually get done things uh, things done quicker and are able to lift more if you're doing it correctly. Um, right. Sorry, that's yeah. my old and that's, coming out. <laughs> even if it weren't, you know, even if your girlfriend wasn't the issue, just because you know, you know, this is not going to be like a solution you'll be able to avail yourself of for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know that your friend's always going to be available to massage you, so it's definitely great to develop alternate techniques that you can do yourself to help yourself out. Um, so whether that's like getting one of those back massagers as well, or foam rollers, or like learning some new stretches, that's great. And sometimes um, it doesn't work out. I remember um, after uh, you know, I, I, I would have some accidents sometimes and. And, you know, a girl would fall on my head or things, and I would have like, Ooh. like I know, I would I would get uh, sprains or fractures. I went to um, a chiropractor, and they took uh, they took a an X ray from <laughs> the first time seeing me, and they were like, "Were you recently in a car accident?" <laughs> oh my god! And I was like, "No, I'm just a gymnast." <laughs> so some, I, sometimes you, it's just kind of the, the you know what you have to do, I guess. Um, or were you? I cannot tell you how upset I am that we didn't get you into the studio. <laughs> like we should have flown you out here so that you could be doing. <laughs> splits right now that's fantastic idiot but Um, but yeah okay so like bottom line i think the letter writer should keep getting the massages and i think that he should not be getting them at his house where his girlfriend's going to be they should be in some other location uh and i think he should be really upfront with his girlfriend which is like You've acknowledged that there's nothing going on between me and this other person, um, that I love you and that I'm not cheating on you. This is necessary for me to get my job done and my physical well-being. If I had a financial alternative, I would avail myself of it. And I'm also going to do as much as I can on my own, like with regards to stretching and lifting techniques and and whatnot, um, to make sure that I am not like completely dependent upon this. But this is necessary for me. Um, And so, you know, I would love you to accept that. Um, I, I don't want you to come watch and cry. I don't want you to, like, pick at me every time I do it. Um, like, this is necessary for me to be physically okay, and I need you to be okay with that. And if you're not, you know, uh, we're not going to continue to, like, argue over it. I'm not going to continue to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if if he could, if he swapped genders, if, if he were to swap genders with the masseuse. I wonder if his, his friend that's a woman was able to taught one of his guy friends. Um, to, or 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 him and his guy friend who works together 
to massage each other. I know that's and, 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 what I, if. But what if he's bisexual, <laughs> Eliel? You didn't let me finish. <laughs> It's because I didn't get to see you do the splits today, so I'm angry and I'm lashing out. So, you know, that might be uh, a set of issues itself. But maybe if if he is a straight guy and, um, you know, maybe a girlfriend would feel more comfortable getting, you know, having a man massage him. I'm just trying to help this guy out and get his massage, honestly. That just seems like a lot of accommodating for a situation that the girlfriend's already acknowledged. She's like, it's clear to me that you're not trying to flirt with her. I know that. Like, this is a feeling she has to process on her own, not a condition that you need to change. Like, if this were a situation where you were flirting with this other person or had a history with them, I would totally get that. And I would definitely recommend that you look elsewhere. Um, But even your girlfriend has acknowledged that her response is unwarranted. And as such, and like, where are you going to find, like, another friend who's willing to do this? Do you know what I mean? Like, not everybody's going to be like, yeah, I can take an hour out of my week every week to give my friend a free massage. Um, Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I think you should keep doing it. I think you should, like, again, like, do it kindly. Don't be like, you dumb jerk, stop having feelings. But just be like, it's okay for you to, like, feel insecure, and I can talk about that with you. Um, But, you know, don't ask me to stop doing it, um, and and don't, like, revisit the subject endlessly. Like, if you need to go take a walk during those times, do it. Go do something for yourself. Um, Or if you have another solution that you would like to offer me, I'd be happy to hear it. Maybe they could talk through some things because clearly she's not secure. Maybe there's an underlying problem. They need to have some conversations about their relationship um, that have nothing to do with the the massage to make her feel comfortable in in what they are and what what they're doing. Yeah. Yep. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think you also really need to respect your friend's boundaries because she said she was willing to keep doing the sessions if you deal with your girlfriend. Um, If you feel like it's getting to a point where your girlfriend is going to, like, call this woman up or yell at her or go find her, um, you know, you owe your friend better than that. And if that is what's happening, then you need to tell her and be honest so that she can make a decision about whether or not this is worth it for her. Mm -hmm. Well, we did it. We fixed everyone's problems. It's true. Everyone is so much better off. (laughs) Um, before you get out of here, do you have any last piece of advice to just our general readership, like lift things carefully or, you know, don't Um, date people in college or anything else that you just think the people should know? I didn't prepare for this. See, I was, I was trying to, I know, I just sprung it on you. I know. I was trying to pretend to have my life together enough to give some little good morsels and sound bites, um, this last hour. Would you like to give us some bad advice from your messy life? From my messy life. Um, uh, hold all the grudges. Um, <laughs> um you know what? Go. No, here's 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 a here's a piece of advice. I I would and something that I've been doing a lot um recently is that um uh making sure that um I'm I I put time and energy in relationship that is being reciprocated. Um, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people um want to be whether it be um uh, a platonic or romantic want more than that other person and you can only do so much um and i think at some at some point um it it, it's no longer a relationship but it's you giving your time and energy and um, emotions and not getting anything back and that becomes toxic Um, could you please go back in time and give me this advice (laughs) uh x amount of time ago and no i mean it's just something that it's it's this last i think year and a half i've been really um focusing on and being super busy and and work and things like that um i i want to be intentional in my relationships whether they be with friends or romantic and um if i want if i'm putting this energy into our our growing together um 
and you're not, um, I am not respected enough to be to continue this. And so for myself, for my, um, uh, you know, to honor who I am and, and, and to love myself enough to say, um, to let you go, um, has been a thing that I've been um, working on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hold on to grudges and let people go. That's uh, <laughs> that's this week's closing thought. Uh, Elio, thank right. you so much for coming on the show. Oh I'm pleasure. so glad that we've gotten everyone who lives in your apartment. It was, yeah. Yeah, you have. Now, we need to get, a, I'm going to steal a cat um, and oh put it and, and bring it into our apartment so that they, um, they can come on the show. Oh, my goodness. I just did so much right there. This is fantastic. <laughs> I, I I want you to get like like a a Chrissy from Three's Company style third roommate. Um, <laughs> okay, it's going to be hard. Very we're very we're um, me and John Paul are like um, a married old couple, and no, but we we like laugh so much, and we'll like tweet things to each other in the other rooms and be giggling and hearing each other. It's oh a mess. So we need someone to well, to mesh well with us, or else it's just going to be us. I'm I think we're going to live together until I marry him off for a couple of cows or something. That's what's that, going to yeah. I'm I'm here for it, and uh, I will I will be there on that day. Um, thank you again so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. That's it from all of us here at the Dear Prudence Show. And by all of us here, I mean myself and Audrey, who is a plate of glass away from me. Um, That's pretty much everyone who's holding down the fort. At any rate, um, we're going to gently release all of you back into the week and wish you uh, a great couple of days until you come back and find your way home. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Dear Prudence. Our producer is Audrey Dilling. Our theme music was composed by Robin Hilton. Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of Slate Podcasts, and Andy Bowers is the chief content officer of Panoply. And remember, you can always hear more Prudence by joining Slate Plus. Go to slate.com slash plus to sign up. If you like this show, please go to iTunes and write us a review. It helps more people find the show and more problems find solutions. If you want me to answer your question, call me and leave a message at 401-371-DEAR. That's 3327. And you might hear your answer on an episode of the show. You don't have to use your real name or location, and at your request, we can even alter the sound of your voice. Keep it short. 30 seconds, a minute tops. 